0: You have just entered the portal of discovery, complete with a British chick intro. Now, strap yourself in. We are in control. We can adjust the treble. The bass. Add echo. Welcome to Speaking Out, America. We are in control. Hey, to be honest with me, who who do you think really wants to work on a Tuesday after Christmas? Not me. Hope you had a good Christmas. Hope you had a good holiday. And I do mean I hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, We've got an interesting show. I am broadcasting live from our Siesta Key studios. And floridavacations.com has allowed me to come and spend here uh, with my time, with my family, and enjoy the... Well, it should have been a sunny, warm day, but we had a lot of the same weather that everybody else had. Uh, Dreary, you know, a little bit of rain... A uh, whole lot of wind, kind of cooler temperatures. I know up in the Northeast, they were really sort of hoping for a white Christmas, but such not the case, though it is cold in the uh, the upper Midwest and out in California, they're still kind of reeling from that rain last week. Ooh, wow. Anyway, the program is called Jim Watkins is Speaking Out, and I am, of course, the host, and we are here for you as we try to be... Uh, giving you a a look at what's happening in the news and you know look we've all sort of adapted to this thing where we're constantly scrolling and we're constantly looking at what's happening in the news and what's going on around us I always anticipate that during the holidays you're going to have instances where people run amok things get crazy and they usually do I mean we had something like six plus million people traveling Uh, they went to go see Ma and Pa and Uncle Joe and uh, Aunt Susie and all the people that they go see, and uh, then they fly back. So this is the week where everybody is kind of in limbo, and uh, the worker bees will continue to work to bring the honey to the hive, but uh, the queen bee and, and all of her uh, stellar associates will be able to enjoy hopefully a little bit. I know a lot of the elites uh, in the country, the richer folk among us, the higher income earners typically usually take this week off. Isn't that kind of an interesting thing? Not not that I have anything wrong with that. I mean, would I like it if everybody took the day off? Sure. You know? Sure, I'd like everything to shut down and not work, right? But that's just not the way it happens in a society like ours. I I thought it was interesting that in New York, there's a congressman who put forth a bill uh, that said that Chick-fil-A should not be closed on a Sunday. And because, of course, traditionally the, the original owners of that wonderful restaurant, that fast food restaurant, uh, they gave, decided to give the employees off because, well, because the employees are Christian and they, they honor the, the Sabbath day, which falls on a Sunday for most Christians. And so because this particular Chick-fil-A was in a place, what the congressman calls a public area a public service area, namely, specifically, a train station, and I think an an airplane terminal. They said, well, if you're not going to be open on Sunday when people are traveling, then why are we giving you the space to operate in our public service area? That was his argument. But it turned into being this big issue about targeting Christians, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, well, I don't think that was the point, but that's that's how certain parts of the media are portraying it because it gets clicks. That's the whole point is it gets clicks. And um, and now it's a big uproar and it'll be debated for about, oh, I don't know, 72 hours and then we'll move on. I mean, all they had to really do was go to the manager and say, look, one of the things that we need to do if we're going to be serving people getting off of airplanes and trains is we got to feed them. And if you're not going to be here on what usually is the second busiest day of every week, then maybe we should give your spot to KFC or Wendy's or some other fast food organization that services people on Sunday. You know, but on the other point, Chick-fil-A could say, look, this is how we were in the beginning. Why are you complaining now? You're changing the rules on us. And there may be some revenue incentive here. You know, maybe this particular congressperson is... Is uh, he's got donors in that area that that get some kind of revenue from the uh, the, the traveling, and so maybe they're they're pressuring. Maybe that's usually what it is. Usually it's uh, usually it's somebody who has influence with a politician that brings up the subject, and then the politician says, "Yeah, you know what? That's not right. Maybe we should make a law." That's what I think this is about. There's money somewhere in there somebody who has a restaurant that wants to be in that airport or train station probably picked up the phone and made the call, right? So, it was an interesting weekend. Uh, I think it was, I think it's getting tougher and tougher for people generally to have any kind of conversations about anything. And part of it, a big part of it, I think, is the way that we all consume, like I said, the way that we consume news. Because we're all engaged. It's like the perpetual accident on the, on the side of the road. That's, that's the state we all live in, the, the state of the perpetual accident on the side of the road as we're making our way through the highway of life. And we like to stop and watch and see what's happening. And we pick sides. We naturally will pick sides on whatever issue it is. So, for as an example, there were a lot of there were a lot of riots, a lot of riots over the weekend, from people who uh, are pissed off about Palestine and 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 the you know the Gaza being bombed to smithereens, and a lot of Palestinian supporters that hit the street in L.A., New York, just you know Christmas trees defecated upon. I think there was a uh, a nativity display in New York, and someone poured blood on it, you know, insinuating there's blood on the hands of Christians and Jews. I had a conversation last week with a lady who was just adamant about the fact that uh, that a lot of what we're seeing in the news is made up. I remember, on Friday we talked about John Mishmere, the University of Chicago professor, who would norm, who is, by the way. Uh, completely for the state of Israel and the right to defend themselves. But he says that the current strategy that the IDF and Netanyahu is taking is a little heavy handed, only because it is affecting such a big proportion of children and, and innocent bystanders. However, in talking with my Jewish friend, she said that's all malarkey. None of that's really going on. So how, do you, how can you possibly make a judgment call when you have two different views of reality? And while I, I can certainly see it from her point of view, and I'm talking about the guest we had on last week, uh, what was uh, Eileen Shalverson, who uh, wrote a couple of plays in New York, and she's sort of a, a socialite influencer, if you will. And she came on and said, you know, the amount of anti-Semitism in the world today is has broken off the rails. And I would agree with that to a certain extent. On the other hand, I do—I I can't deny what my eyes see. And my eyes see that Gaza looks exactly like Syria did 10 years ago when that place was bombed to smithereens. So what do you do? How do you take a position? You can't because you don't know what the position is. You could be wrong in your assessment. I'll give you another good example. So there's a story out, and we'll get to it in the next segment, because I really want to get to it, because it has so much relevance to what's happening in our own country and where we're headed. And it has to do with the social ID system that they want to roll out around the world, the digital ID platform, which leads to social credit scores. And I'll get to that. But my point is, is that we are all divided. And I think over the holidays, probably a lot of us, when we went to our... Our, our homes, and visited our relatives and, and commensurated with them and broke bread and hopefully said a prayer before Christmas dinner. But everything is polarized. Every individual is polarized. Every TV show is polarized. And it hasn't always been this way. It started, I think it might have started around 210. It may have been prompted by social media. It may be partly because children were raised a little differently and public schools began indoctrinating children into groupthink and teaching Marxist ideology to children who now them see, see themselves as oppressed uh, or they see that their their right to choose their own gender is an entitlement. And so there's that. But in my humble opinion, I think a lot of, the division right now is coming from the polarization of whoever happens to be sitting in the seat of power. And right now in the, in the big cities, the seat of power is firmly in the hands of the Democrats. And certain elements of the Democrats that are very politically correct, and they want a certain narrative, and you are to follow it. And if you don't follow it, then you are a denier. So there are people who take positions on everything from Elon Musk to garlic coming out of China. There's always your side and my side. And we're all stuck somewhere in the middle trying to figure out how to say something without offending somebody. And that's not always so easy. So when we come back, I will tell you a story that came over the wire that has huge ramifications for the United States Of America. As a matter of fact, it has huge implications for the world at large because it is where we are headed. And I'll tell you the one person who's probably happier than anybody on this Christmas day is Xi Jinping. And I'll explain that in a few minutes. You're listening to Speaking Out America. We're brought to you by GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. You still got a few days to take advantage of their two for one deals on great tasting and health. Health promoting teas. Get the tea.com. CRN is your keyword. You'll get 10% off on anything you buy. Be right back. People ask me all the time, they say, Why do you pick some of the music you pick, Jim? I say, Every song that I pick on this program is by design. There is either an underlying message or uh, the missing piece of the puzzle through the music that I pick because I have a wide array of knowledge of music from almost every genre except for the Taylor Swift era. And the reason that I, uh, <laughs> that I remember things because I, I love music and, uh, and music is a big part of my life and so it has something to do with the story. And the story that we're going to talk about right now, welcome back to Speaking Out America, I'm Jim Watkins. We're making some monumental changes to the program in the coming days and weeks. I've got a major, major, major announcement that I'll be making after New Year, and it has instant ramifications. It's huge. It's big, and I am very, very happy, and I'm very thrilled. The the word is getting out. If you're listening on the podcast, you might want to share it with a few friends. If you're listening on CRN, you want to share it with a few friends. The news is good. I come bearing the good news and I'll bear that good news next week. Uh, I am going to redo my website and I'm going to change a few other things around with the podcast. Maybe some of the, it's a new year, man. I got to, I got to do something. You know, stagnation is death. You got to change things around. You got to, that's the key to life, spontaneity. You know, don't settle. Don't just settle for what is. Think about what could be. And, you know, on Wednesday, Tuesday, leading up to Christmas, I was starting to feel settled. Like I was getting used to the melee of what's the news. And and then something happened on Friday. I got a phone call that changed my life. And it, it woke me up. It sobered me back into this this uh, this enjoyable reality that I have spent 60 years trying to figure out. And I can't wait to share it with you. So tune in next week. That will give me a chance to kind of move things around, and you'll, you'll, you'll totally appreciate, you know, what I tell you. So hang on, okay? Um, this, we were talking in the last segment about how everything is positioned. Uh, everything is polarized. And the reason is because probably now we all read the same news, but we're also falling into our ideological circles, people that we tend to agree with, I'll tell you a funny story. You've probably heard it before. But in 1967, 1968, when 20th Century Fox was making the movie Planet of the Apes, uh, you know, if you saw the movie, and who hasn't, you know that there are gorillas, there are chimpanzees, there are orangutans, all in the movie. Those three distinct types of gorilla or ape or simian. And what they noticed uh, was that on the film set, every single day for the eight and a half months that they filmed this thing with Charlton Heston, who was the only human besides Kim Novak, was that when they weren't filming and they were prepping for the next scene and getting all the angles right and doing the tech the the tech stuff, all of the people that were in the chimpanzee group tend to hang in the same area. Offset the gorillas t- tended to hang together. And the orangutans seem to all hang in the same area, and they hung in their little group, even with their you know with their costumes on so even on a superficial level where everybody is dressed up as the same characters, though they may be similar as a whole but differentiated by specifics, they still hang together, which makes my point. Uh, Like minds think alike. People like to hang with people that echo their message. This is why they say, you know, sometimes if you, you know, there's certain people that like Fox or certain people that like MSNBC. And it's not that they're conditioned to like those things or conditioned to like that message. They already like the message. They already agree with that premise. So they're more likely to group together, uh, just like if you have in, in, in the series, in the Planet of the Apes. It's a predisposition for you to want to be with people who share your interests, your likes, your feelings, you know. Uh, and and the lesson to be learned there is that you're never going to have unity. You're always going to have different people who fall into different subsets. It's not necessarily wrong, but it's the way it is. So even in this this. Uh, a superficial, virtuous attempt to try to D.I.E. the world, diverse, equality, inclusiveness, it only applies to people who agree with that philosophy. And there's nothing wrong if you don't agree with that philosophy. If you don't believe in diversity, if you don't believe in equity, and you don't believe in inclusiveness, that shouldn't be wrong, because not everybody agrees that everybody should be agreeing on everything that's never going to happen as long as you have unique personalities. Everybody is singularly different. We all we all have different experiences. We all interpret experiences differently. We all have personality traits, some of them inherited, some of them not. But the problem is we live in a world now where if you don't agree with one particular group, somehow you are marginalized. You are wrong. If you if you are for the Jews, you are against the Palestinians. And there's no middle ground. And this is the problem that we find ourselves in because the ruling power ha- has decreed that we're all supposed to think, walk, choose, eat alike. People like Bill Gates think we should all be enjoying the same vegetarian diet and that we should all be watching the same television shows and taking in the same information and agreeing with each other. And it's never gonna happen. It's a fool's errand. And the only thing I can say about it, it's harder to have conversations with people you like. And the pitfall of all this is that nobody's really growing. The only true the only true growth comes from listening to someone else's opinion and then forming your own and trying to figure out who's right. And that's where we're at today in our world. So It's just an interesting observation that I make, and the reason it comes up is because, so for example, my young son, uh, who just turned 22 or 23, he uh, he really he's the one I told you that owned the Tesla, and he is kind of a fan of Elon Musk, as as am I. I think history will look back on Elon Musk in the same way that we look back on Tesla. This is a guy who was driven to succeed. He came to America by way of Canada originating from South Africa. Uh, He's a very intelligent man. Uh, There's a new book out that's written by the same guy who wrote Obama's autobiography, uh, Walter Isaacson, formerly of CNN fame, great writer. I think I read his his Franklin book. And so he has written a book on Elon Musk, and I gave it to my son as a Christmas gift. And there were several other relatives, and they immediately said, oh, I don't like him. And... uh, and I said, well, why not? He said, oh, he's an asshole. You know, can we say that? And I and I thought about that. And I was like, well, where's that <laughs> where's that information coming from? <laughs> so even on the a subject of Elon Musk, it's a political discussion. Because if you agree, then what is what is it that you're agreeing to? That he's a jerk? Why is he a jerk? What has he done that makes him a jerk, right? If you don't think he's a jerk, what's wrong with you? Why don't you think he's a jerk? Or maybe you're a jerk just like him. And, and on and on we go. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to be back in a minute, and I'm going to read a story to you that came over the wire that has everything to do with our future and one man who is behind it. And there's a story to be told. Be right back. You're listening to Speaking Out America. Yeah, the sharks are swimming, right? Welcome back to Speaking Out America. Jim Watkins here. This segment of the program is brought to you by the folks at GetTheTea.com. Listen, folks, if you want to boost your immune system a little bit, help your indigestion from all that good food that you ate over the last few days, get yourself some nice tea that will help smooth things out, get the flow going, if you know what I'm saying. Get rid of that bloaty feeling. Kickstart not only your digestion, but it makes you feel better less toxic, I guess, getthetea.com. They have like nine different flavors of tea. They have all these wonderful supplements that all help you and your body uh, by boosting and uh, enhancing your immune system and your body's ability to perform at peak performance. So getthetea.com is the website, And if you use CRN when you check out, you'll save 10% on shipping. And I believe they still have the two-for-one special till the end of the month, which is only a couple of days. So start off the new year feeling fresh. I love that word, fresh. Yes, you want to be fresh. We all want to be a little fresher, don't we? So getthetea.com. Getthetea.com. Easy to remember. Great sponsors of this wonderful program. It's good to have you back. Uh, got a big announcement next week. I cannot wait. Oh my God! When I got the call on Friday, I said, "Oh, this is good." It means the message is getting out. It means that people like you are sharing the podcast. Yes, people like you are sharing the podcast. Share the podcast and uh, share it again. Yeah, so we're talking about Bill Gates. He's under he's on he's a man on a mission, and he's over in Kenya, meeting behind closed doors with all the government, NGOs. Anybody can get to listen, and he says, "I want you to take this software program that will allow you to digitize every one of your citizens, so that you can offer them services, get them hooked up, get them plugged in, so that all those impoverished." put poor souls out in the outer areas where they don't see rain and they're starving. You want to get them plugged into this new national ID card system so that you can control, you can know what they're doing, you can follow what medicines they're taking, you can make sure that they're getting the proper education. In other words, you can get them digitized so that you can control them. Because that's what is at the core of this information. He's already done this. By the way, Bill Gates isn't the first person to introduce this system. It's known by another name, and China has been selling this to all its countries for the past decade. It's called the social credit system. They do it in Venezuela. They do it in Cuba. They do it in North Korea. They do it in China. And I think they do it in Vietnam and they're start to implementing. They're starting to implement it in the UK. And what it is, is that everybody is given a national ID, and it is plugged into this system that I can't explain. But apparently, the government has its fingers on the levers on the other side. It's sort of like the uh, digital currency movement that's coming. the The theory right now is that. The federal banks, the Federal Reserve, central banks, they're hoping that we'll get so in debt that the economy will just fall apart. In fact, I'll pull up the tape in a little bit. The story goes that they believe, and I'm not the only one saying this, so don't think it's my idea. Don't think, you know, and I'm not totally 100% in on this, but I hear what they're talking about on the streets. And what they're anticipating is in the next five years or so, we could have an economic collapse because of our debt. Because we owe so much of our debt, the interest is just ballooning. Pretty soon, the interest will be what the debt is today, which is around $34 uh, trillion annually. That's how much money the government owes to its people that that it has to pay, all the different services, the costs. We're $34 trillion in debt, and the interest on that is in the billions every day. So anyway, so what's happening in Kenya, according to the Katiba Institute, they have filed a petition challenging Bill Gates and the program, arguing that Kenya had no legal basis to implement the Mayasha Namba system. Justice John Chikiti ruled that the filing had merit, sending the government ID effort back to the drawing board. Gates' involvement in the Maisha Namba has cast a shadow over the program, according to the Times. Mark Sussman, CEO of the Gates Foundation, says our role is always as an advisor. We can connect the government to key technical experts and partners, but we're very encouraged by by what we see by the President's commitment. Quote, we have a number of specific investment support on digital, digital identity. See, you don't invest unless you're expecting a return. We actually provide it to broader platforms. The foundation said it sees vast opportunities that can be unlocked through the existence of a digital identity in Kenya, according to the outlet. This is a huge priority of President William Ruto, and we think it very appropriately so because a strong, robust, open-source digital identity system actually becomes a platform that not only leverages financial inclusion, see, what's the opposite of inclusion? Exclusion. So it can not only leverage financial inclusion, it can also leverage financial exclusion. I added that, by the way. Where Kenya is already a global leader but can be a platform that actually drives important advances in healthcare, in education, and other services, according to Sussman. According to the Highwire, however, bytalk said Maisha Namba also would be entwined with the National Insurance Fund and Kenya Revenue Authority. That's the equivalent of IRS. That's our problem. They have the Kenya Revenue Authority. We have the IRS. Quote, these ties will no doubt open the door for a social credit system similar to what is featured by those paying attention in the United States to take hold of life in the vulnerable and naive land of opportunity for the likes of deep state charlatans like Bill Gates, according to the outlet. The Star of Kenya reported in October that residents of the northeastern town of Garisa were urging the government to cancel the launch of the program. Quote, My appeal to the government is so kindly to reconsider this digital system as we speak. Most areas in Garissa, especially the rural areas, either have very poor networks or do not have networks at all, said Anab Abdullahi, the leader of a group opposing Maisha Namba. He says, we know very well that for this system to work, it largely depends on the availability of a stable network. Aydin Abdullahi said, we are the same as other Kenyans who pay taxes. We should not be treated like second-class citizens." And then it concludes with saying the Gates Foundation has been pushing for a customizable digital ID system since at least 2018. That's when it opened the modular open-source identity platform which countries could adopt free of charge. It claims on its website that digital IDs are, quote, an effective tool against poverty. The MOSIP team hopes that the system will register one billion people over the next decade while they work on ways to integrate it with other systems to make life easier for people, says the Bill Gates Foundation. According to the biometric update, the United Nations Development Program supports the Kenyan ID program. Why? Because the United Nations is a big proponent of globalism. We're all going to be tied into one big fat computer at some point And that's not good because it means that they can cancel you. That's the point of the story is that you think the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And when you start questioning the government or you start questioning policy, taking, for example, during COVID, what if this global national ID system had already been in place? then every government agency would know whether they could qualify you or disqualify you based on whether, say for an example, you took the COVID vaccine. Okay. that's just one real life example. And I believe that in Australia, they came very close to being able to cancel people, basically keep them locked up in their homes unless they were willing to comply. Now you would say, well, Jim, that's a good thing because, you know, when there's a virus, we want everybody to take the vaccine so that the virus will be stopped in its, in its tracks. But what about my body, my choice? What about being able to question the science because, number one, you know the vaccine is experimental. Number two, it may or may not have side effects. And usually vaccines go a five, go through a five to 10-year period of rigorous testing to make sure that there aren't adverse effects. And think about all those people that got fired or were removed, teachers that weren't allowed to teach, doctors that weren't allowed to perform medicine, and doctors who had to comply or they would lose their license, Peter McCullough being one of those doctors from Baylor. So you start to see that, you know, the big picture, maybe Bill Gates thinks that he can atomize every human being, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. He grew up in an environment and his mind, with Microsoft and all the in, uh, intelligence, and the way that we we've all become sort of parts to a, a of a computer itself, and and Bill Gates thinks that humanity can be managed, and he's not alone. A lot of people feel that they can that they can be managed, and it's just again going back to what we were talking about in the previous, people are unique. Every single one of us is a unique creature with different viewpoints. You can't categorize everyone, digital ID them, and then control them when they disagree. And that's where this is headed. See you next time. Speaking out, America, I'm Jim Watkins.